Hey everyone, this is Victor from Cyborg for Life, and I want to welcome you to episode 97 of Lemlinkin Live, where the patients interview the guests. And today we are doing another open mic because uh, we have some guests coming up in the next couple of weeks, and I didn't want to <laughs> do one today. But anyway, no, today, guys, my laptop kind of crapped out on me, so sorry for the delay, but I was also on a meeting. Um, so I have a makeshift type setup here with the, another computer from the office. Uh, so we're gonna try, I don't even know where I'm looking, but let's get this show on the road. Um, I'm gonna try to go to the computer store after this live, so we're gonna make it a quick one. So let's do some live Q&A. What's up? <laughs> How's everybody doing? All right, let's pull it together here. People are texting me. All right, so. All right, so first up we got Marius. Marius, uh, hey Victor, quick question. Have you ever talked to patients who had their knees turned inwards, like when they squat their feet together, their knees can't bend? because they're touching each other. Okay, so you're talking about knock knees, I guess. Um, yeah, no, absolutely, I definitely had, I've talked to patients who have done that, who've had that uh, complication. Uh, so it is an issue, usually it's a bone alignment issue, so the, you know, it's usually a inexperienced surgeon who's doing something like that, or the patient is lengthening without, you know, yeah, inexperienced surgeon. Um, so let's see here, what's the next question here? And could it be an issue for the surgery? So yeah, definitely. You definitely don't wanna have that type of complication. And I've seen patients who lengthen a certain amount of length and they end up with a knock knee deformity and they end up with you know uh, pre-arthritic conditions, which means that they're gonna probably get early onset of arthritis. So it's a very, very uh, risky scenario to be involved in. All right, Rami Hassan is saying, is there an age limit for the surgery? We got that question for the last four weeks in a row, and the answer is technically no, but the younger the better. Um, so what I've heard and, you know, some of the patients that I've talked to, anywhere under like 50 years old is usually, you know, pretty good. Um, I haven't talked to a whole lot of 60-year-olds, but I have um, heard that there have been a few, and they've done really well as well. So uh, Lobo, Marius, lockdown, knee, lockdown knees, is that reversible? Ah, you're talking about knock, knock knees. <laughs> um, what's up, Ben? Benjamin Mendoza in the house. The box, late to work, huh? Yes, <laughs> late to work, busy day, busy day. I had a meeting right before this, and like I said, I don't know, I'm backing up my laptop right now. I feel like it's gonna, it's gonna die or something like that. Like, apparently the display is messed up. I literally bought one last year. I don't understand what's going on. I'm, I'm gonna go to the Micro Center right after this, so hopefully it doesn't close. So we're gonna do a quick one tonight. Uh, but next week, we're going to probably have a leg length discrepancy roundtable, and then the week after that, we're going to do a stature lengthening roundtable, and the week after that, we're going to have, I think, another, it's going to be uh, episode 100, so we're going to have a special guest um, for that that episode, uh, hopefully, if he can make it, and then um, we got some other ones. We have the alternative limb lengthening methods uh, talk, Our, we do that annually, one, one a year, so we'll have that, and then there's something on... Um, hair regrowth. So I know a lot of people go and use, uh, what's it, uh, finasteride or uh, minidoxyl, um, but this is a natural alternative for hair regrowth in that, that live stream. And then um, we'll do like an open mic after that. So finally, about six weeks later. And then finally, we have a big, big um, live stream coming up sometime after that. So we got some stuff planned up. Another open mic. Hey, Fate, it's you. How's your lengthening going? All right. Am I having a fun night so far? <laughs> my, my nights aren't too fun lately. <laughs> just been busy. Oh, man. Uh, the box. How should I prepare for tibias? My calves are not as flexible. All right. So you definitely need to get 
you know, your range of motion uh, for your tibia, tibia lengthening so um, or improve it. So I think that starting with some sort of stretching regimen is going to be key. Uh, I have some good videos on the channel. Uh, I recommend doing some, you know, gastric anemia stretches, soleus stretches. Um, you can do some lateral per peroneous um, myofascial release. You know, you can do some tibial tibialis anterior, um, you know, conditioning. A lot of, you know, just get the muscles from all sections really loose and limber, pliable, ready to go, and then just focus on, you know, I would say you don't have to build a ton of muscle. Uh, just kind of maintain the muscle you have now and focus on flexibility. All right, let's see. The next question from Lobo. Uh, Victor, people say that I will get arthritis in the future if I have limb lengthening surgery. Is that true? Uh, no, it's not necessarily true. It can happen, and it's more likely to happen from this surgery if you uh, end up with a, like I said earlier, a knock knee deformity, a bow legged, you know, deformity or something like that because of the fact that your knee is not going to be in alignment. The mechanical axis is going to be deviated and that's going to cause a lot of undue stress on either the medial or lateral portion of the menisci. So that's going to cause some wear and tear. Uh, you know, so for me, for my discrepancy, it caused some of that, but it was because, you know, I was almost two inches shorter on one side. So getting that corrected has somewhat salvaged the, the cartilage in that, in that joint. So, um, Guys, I need some topics for the, the channel. So what video, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, come back from my sabbatical. <laughs> so if you notice, I haven't shot a video in like two months. Um, it's time. So if you guys have any content ideas, pump them in the chat. I want to get all of those ideas. YouTube shorts, long form video, whatever you guys want me to do. Um, how can we spruce it up? I'm ready to get back into action. So I have a little bit more time on my hands. Finally, this fall, the summer was crazy. We had like all these crazy state things, projects and stuff. Uh, Benjamin Minoza, Avic, have you seen the Apple 2023 event? And are you planning on getting a new iPhone 15? You know, I actually did see that and my iPhone has been acting up. Um, I hate to, you know, upgrade every year because I don't do that. You know, I'm, I'm a very, if it isn't broken, don't fix, fix it type person. Hey, we got somebody here. Fate, what's up, brother? Hey, Victor, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, man. How are you Perfect. doing? Uh, I'm fine. How are you? Good, man. Look, I uh, I have this little makeshift setup here because uh, my laptop's over there dying on me, so I don't even know where I'm looking. But it's good to have you back. How how are you? Uh, are you finished your lengthening yet? Uh, no, I am now at uh, six point five centimeters. Um, yeah, and uh, I want to ask you a question directly. Um, I don't know if I still hit should hit my goal of uh, 7.5 centimeter or um should i stop at seven this is a really tricky question that um yeah is inside my head the last weeks and what are your thoughts on this oh man i actually i have a lot to say about that in fact i'm gonna have to make a that's a good video topic thank you fate <laughs> um it's like what length do i stop at or what length do i go for stature lengthening right well everybody has a a number in their head of what they want to kind of achieve uh, some people want to get the full eight centimeters, which is three inches. Some people say they just want to get five uh, centimeters, which is like two inches. Some people say, oh, I'm going to lengthen and observe, which is what my best advice is to you. However, however, here's the thing. I think there should be like a minimum of what you can hit without a complication, right? You have a really good surgeon. You're lengthening so far. You've kind of found that happy medium with your physical therapy and your lengthening, you know, and all the culprits of resistance with your muscle tissue. I think, and here's what I think. I think 
you go to seven and you try your best to kind of like, because I know you're doing it unilaterally, so you can't really stand on both legs. I think you should try to like do your best to kind of figure out how you can put something on your foot so you can kind of stand on that, you know, the, the good foot and test out that height, see how you look, see what your proportions look like on the other side that's actually lengthening. So proportions, actual height, and um, basically make that assessment for yourself and say, okay, do I look like how I look and do I like how I feel, like, you know, perspective-wise for the height? If you can say yes to both of those, then you could stop, okay? But if you say, hey, look, I don't want to have any regrets and I might as well keep lengthening because I have no complications, nothing that's like no contractures or nothing else like nerve palsies or anything like that, go for it. I think seven and a half. So it's going to come down to getting to seven first and then lengthening and observing to seven and a half if you want it. Now, for me, I know for a fact that I wouldn't go over six because it's like I like the height of 5'11". I don't think I'd ever want to be six foot. I think it's perfect for me. I think it would match my arm length. Actually, I think I'm a little long in the arm length. But for me, it's always been the height that I wanted. So it's like I just need six centimeters. So I wouldn't even go past that because I don't, I don't want to. Um, it's, still, it's still a boost in height, but it's also enough that it's conservative. And I would probably look really good proportional, uh, proportion speaking. So um, does that kind of answer your question a little bit? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you. Um, but do you think the half centimeter would make a difference in terms of my um, ability? Uh, it could. I've heard some patients say that even a half a centimeter can make a difference uh, later in the lengthening process. So, like, they say the last centimeter is usually the hardest. So, as you go past seven, based on what patients have told me, they have said that it gets harder in that last centimeter. Um, is it that they're starting to slack off because they're getting so worn down from the, the lengthening process, or is it the tissues that are getting way tighter, which is most likely? Um, I can't say for sure, but I know that for a fact, um, you probably would be able to get there. Um, and could it affect your ability? Absolutely, it could. So, all right, we got somebody else joining here. Hold on, let me pull them on. Jacob, is that you? Yo, how's it going? It's going good, brother. How are you doing? <laughs> Good, good. It's been a minute. Oh, we got I'm some else in and here. say hi. Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you. Everyone always pops on at the same time for your stream. It's like <laughs> you get no one, and suddenly you get like ten people. I, I, I know, man. I, I love all you guys. You guys are like saving like the, the dead crickets that are around me. But no, nah, man. You been good, Jacob? Uh, yeah, I have. So, well, maybe I haven't, but um. <laughs> Um, so I, I'll just do a quick update on my status. Yeah. Um, I am two months into consolidation and, uh, six months post-op. Um, however, uh, I have been having bone consolidation issues and, oh, really? um, I, you know, I post a good amount on my, on, on your discord and get a lot of people's feedback. So it's been really helpful. So people who haven't joined the discord channel, it's super helpful to have a community like that. Um, so I highly recommend it anyway. So I get x-rays about every four weeks and, um, every time I go get my x-rays and I look at like my stomach drops, it's like almost like no progress. Maybe mm -hmm. there is a tiny bit like, you know, on the edges and whatnot. The doctor seems to say it's like, okay, but there's just no time frame on when I'll be able to walk, um, without assistive devices. You know, it could be like three months from now, it could be five months from now. And that uncertainty is like really hard. Um, so yeah, it's only happening on my right leg. My left leg is pretty much consolidated and I can go ahead and weight bear on my left leg. So I actually um, reached out to Dr. Burkholz, um a while ago and he 
said he had a similar patient um like me um he broke his nail before on his right leg from a motor vehicle accident and when he started consolidating and just wasn't really doing much and they waited and waited and there hasn't been any improvement so they decided to swap that nail for a trauma nail and um so he can get on with his life and it actually healed uh quickly right away because um yeah. i guess the surgery kind of re-triggered um some more healing so yeah i reached out to my doctor and that's what i'm thinking about right now i'm getting all the insurance and stuff already with uh them and seeing if i can potentially have the surgery next week and that would allow me to finally walk pretty much right away i you bring up a fantastic point because delayed unions are a major, major, uh, I call it um, recoverable complication, meaning it's not a big issue because you will heal eventually, but it's like people have lives to live. I mean, you're, you're young. You've been in this lengthening process forever. What was your lengthening, Jacob? Uh, it's six months ago in March. In March. Right. Yeah, no. So you, yeah. You, this is right around the time you should be going off assistance and walking and you're not. But if it's if it's. And how can you tell uh, from the x-rays, can you tell, like, um, could your surgeon tell, like, how far away you are from walking? Is there any kind, type of regenerate in there? Yeah, there is regenerate, but it's like, I, I feel like you can't give a really good time frame because, you know, like everyone, like, so initially when I first started, he thought like two months I should be able to walk from now. And every month after with the new x-ray, it looks like probably another two months. And uh, so it's just like, you know, it's just it's something that's really hard to time. Everyone's body reacts differently. Um, and I think a big portion is genetics and that's just something that they can't really tell. You know, like I'm not a smoker. I haven't drank since the surgery. Um, you know, I take a bunch of supplements and food and all that, but genetics is a huge part of it. Yeah, no, definitely. So here's, I, I've talked to other patients who haven't come on this channel before and they've done other nails elsewhere and they've, they had similar issues with delayed unions and they did do a nail swap and they healed much faster and they were able to weight bear much quicker and that mechanical stress led to better consolidate and they were able to get back to normal life. So based on experiences of other patients that I've heard from, it is a good, you know, viable option. Um, I think it is pretty costly. So it's like, hopefully your insurance does cover, you know, a good portion of it. Um, and what is it like? It's pretty painful. So basically the experience of the nail swap, it's like, I hear that it's just like, um, taking the nails out, right? It's, you're not, you're going to be able to walk pretty much right away with the trauma nail. Um, I hear that your soft tissue is going to be like kind of sore through the incisions. Um, there's no real break again from the bones. You're not gonna get that type of swelling, but, uh, yeah, man, I think it's going to, cause like that, that putting that new nail in, it does create some stimulation to the osteoblast and it does, you know, start to get some good regenerate going again. So I think it's a fantastic idea. I know a lot of patients who even this to this day who are a year past their lengthening and they still have not perfect bone growth. They're able to weight bear, but not do aggressive like agility activity, which they should be able to do by now. It's because they don't have the full, you know, rock hard dense consolidate that they need. So with you doing this swap, it should stimulate enough consolidate that you're able to kind of like walk right away and start living life. So what is, when is your insurance going to let you know? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully by the end of this week. And they said potentially next Friday I can have the surgery. And yeah, uh -huh. I think like the main point is if I can walk without assistive device, that's enough for me to get my, like, that's the like main thing that I really want to aim towards. I don't care about running yet. Like that can yeah. be like months down the line. It doesn't matter, but just being able to walk is, is huge. Um, yeah. And yeah, just like another uh, like tip for some people that might be in the early phase of lengthening or they're thinking about it. 
um, you know, like getting a second doctor's opinion was probably one of the most crucial part uh, of my decision. Um, like, I didn't really think about this trauma nail swap until Burkholz like kind of mentioned it and kind of, um, you know, told me about it. And I pressed my doctor for it afterwards. And, you know, um, I, I know uh, Victor has, you have a really great um, thing uh, with the, uh, what's that called again? The uh, Your program where it's like, oh, uh, yeah, real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like Burkholz is on there and, yeah. you know, and having, um, doctor's opinion can really like other doctor's opinion aside from the one that you're seeing can really help you know make decisions so it's really helpful um i'm if i'm in the early stages of my uh journey i would definitely join and even right now i like you know potentially if i have more complications it's something that would be useful for me so yeah that's definitely something that's useful Thanks, man. No, definitely. I think I think it's great, you know, just finding another surgeon to kind of ask questions. There's nothing wrong with that, especially as you have been, you know, you went back home, right? Like, if you're still at the clinic lengthening, then it's like you have your surgeon there. But like, when you go back home, there's no no reason to not ask other surgeons, say, hey, look, what do you think? And it's just getting some ex extra opinions. So, um, look, man, I hope the best for you. I hope you hear back from them, you know, your insurance company this week. I hope it's a, a positive response and they do cover it. They should um at least a good portion of it and then if it's like you know maybe like a couple grand it's like you know small fee um i would i would think that that would probably what are you feeling would you go for it oh yeah i'm like 90 percent. like if yeah. it's like 10 grand or less i'm in like okay. i like yeah. like i am so like half like the thought of being able to potentially walk in a week is is mind-boggling to me yeah, I tell you, man. I'll tell you, that's what people want. Like, I mean, that's all it is, is like lengthen and then they want to get back to walking. So, um, no, it should turn out really well. I think, yeah, let's just see what happens with your insurance. And then, like, uh, it's just something that you're going to have to kind of make that you pull the trigger and just go for it. But I think it's probably going to be in your best interest because, it's like, I hate patients who have to kind of like linger and like, you know, walker mentality and they just start to get broken down mentally. So, hopefully, get back to it, Jacob. Man, that's awesome. Keep me posted. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Uh, next up, we got Height Journey. HJ, welcome back, man. It's been a long time since you've been here. How are you doing? Hi, Victor. How's it going? I'm doing fine. That's um, awesome, man. Yeah, for the people that are not familiar with me, um, I did uh, first I did my femurs in 2021 and then my tibias in 2022. So now I'm... Um, in about a month, I'm almost done with my journey. Um, like in about a month, I'm, I'm going to be having my femurage removed. Ah, nice, man. That's and crazy. Also, um, and along with that, my tibia, the syndesmotic screws, the, it's those long screws that connects the, that secures the fibula to the tibia on both ends. They're also going to be removed as well. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Those are the, are they dis the distal ones or the? Both of them. Both of the proximal and distal. Okay, very cool. And is there a reason why just for increased mechanical stress? Yes. I, I sent you a picture, but you don't have, you said your computer's not working. I emailed you a picture. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So right my laptop, it's backing up right now because the display is, I'm not, not touching it because every time I touch it, it was like restarting. So I'm like, I'm letting it back up. And then, yeah. So if you email me something, um, I can't pull up my email on here. This is literally like, it's, it's, so I have like Gmail logging into my, it's weird. So I can't do it right now, but if you want to just do it in the discord or, um, maybe next time we do this, but, uh, yeah, no, you're always welcome back to kind of showcase it. What did it show? Oh, just, um, it's just a slide of what the synesmotic screws look like and the benefits. Oh, okay. earlier. 
removing it early. Yeah, probably six more months until my tibias are fully consolidated to for those to remove. Those gotcha. See, see, even HJ is like uh, Jacob. It's like um, his tibias are taking a long time. It's not something to worry about. It happens in a lot of patients. It's it's probably yeah, genetic. Are just not. Slow. It's, they are. It's they slower, are. Yeah. It's half yeah, more way slower than the femurs. So, um, well, that's fantastic, HJ. That's in a couple of weeks. You said you're getting your femur nailed yeah, about a month. About a month. Okay, cool, man. That's that's awesome. You'll probably be able to be, you know, decyborged by, uh, or at least for the femurs by like, um, I'm guessing by October like, or mid October, November, November. So, very cool. So, awesome. I tried to share a feature on this. Do you want me to try the share feature to show that picture I was trying to show? Yeah, yeah can do that actually you can actually uh share it on another screen if you have it because that will work okay let me see if this shared thing works i never tried this before okay it should work it should pop up here i'm like kind of if you saw my setup here it'd be like it'd freak you guys out like i had to grab a computer like a desktop remember that here um anyway can you see it yeah i do it said yeah your screen joined hey, okay here it is perfect can you see my mouse cursor or not you don't yeah, I can, I can see it. Okay, syndesmotic screw removal surgery. So these are, these are the syndesmotic screws. You see these long screws, proximal, uh -huh. top one, and the distal. They're the, they're, these are the screws that connect the, secure the fibula to the tibia. So I saw one, one poster, one user asking a question, how does the fibula stay aligned with the tibia for tibial mm -hmm. So yeah. this is how they do it. And um, these are ready to be removed. So, why 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 do I want to do it with a femur rod removal rather than wait six months until my tibias are ready? Because mm -hmm. number one, it's more comfortable, especially at the ankles, because this was this this distal screw is kind of a little it doesn't hurt, but it's a little troublesome. So I don't have Yeah. Yeah, so and number two, better range of motion, especially at the ankle and foot joints. Mm -hmm. This will allow faster athletic recovery. And the holes from the seam that smiling screws can take up the most volume in the tibias because you go through the both bones. Yep. So uh, they'll fall with bones earlier, so I recover sooner and save time. And then number four, when it's time to remove the tibia rods, about six months or so, the recovery will be easier and sooner, so I save more time. Yeah. Yep, this is all correct. Like I remember that syndesmotic screw in my ankle, and I had, I remember when the nail was in. That's one thing. That range of motion in the ankle was limited because of that. My muscle tissue was like just, uh, you know, swollen and stuff. So it's a, it's a big thing. Um, that that big screw at the ankle joint. Um, when they move, remove it, everything feels so much better, and it does heal in pretty quickly. But like you're right, it's gonna save you time when you get the nail removed itself. You're gonna already be filled in there, and you can kind of get right into like running and agility stuff because that's the reason why you don't want to like do it right away you have to wait for those holes to fill in so that's awesome very cool thanks for sharing that h that was super informative um all right guys so let's answer some live q a here um we got this one from fish <laughs> will limlink technology eventually develop where one will feel absolutely no pain from, during the lengthening process is it safe for a five foot five to hit five foot nine doing bilateral lengthening thank you um let's take you guys' take on this so um uh jacob you take this one um yeah to my knowledge four inches if you do both um if you do quadrilaterally is fairly like it, it's not a horrible idea um but uh, answering the first part of the question i don't think pain is 
kind of like what should deter you from the surgery. Um, all surgeries are going to have pain. I don't think there will ever be a technology where you won't feel pain. Um, but the pain isn't bad. It's manageable. You get, um, you get, um, medicine to help you relieve that pain. So, um, if you are uncomfortable, there are ways to help. Um, another pain is like the soft tissue from stretching. And if you kind of pace yourself, uh, by not lengthening too much, um, you know, you can alleviate that and reduce that. Overall, you're going to have some pain, but that shouldn't be the reason that deters you from the surgery. It's, it's, it's really manageable. Yeah, no, that's true. The pain of the surgery is going to be very patient dependent, but, um, yeah, HIV, okay. yeah, go ahead. I was just about to get you. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, the internal nails of the precise nails, they're probably as good as you can get with the, I mean, it's, it's not going to be totally painless. But it's about the internal nails that's probably about as good as you'll get. And it is manageable. And also when you do stretch, you do need to feel a little pain sometimes. Because when you feel pain, your body's telling you that there's something wrong with it. That's your, like, for example, if you're stretching too fast, your muscles too fast, you feel muscle tension, muscle pains. That means your body's telling you that, hey, slow down because you're, you're overstressing your muscles or, or maybe your nerves lines are getting, you're getting nerve damage. So, that, so you have to, you do have to feel some pain to know that that your body's like telling you that hey, you're over you're over lengthening or you're lengthening too fast. Yes, yeah, so, to get some serious injuries. No, definitely, and you know, I think it's going to be interesting. I think the future of this surgery is um, kind of undefined right now. I think that a lot of players are going to come into the field. I mean, you know, I have, um, I'm lucky enough to be involved with like, you know, some really good medical consultant friends of mine. In fact, one just texted me, uh, Dr. Schrader, who's on this, this thing. And we're, we're you know, um, basically, I think that this field is still untapped. I think it's, so the soft, as far as soft tissue goes, I think they're going to be some I don't know, companies that are going to come out with some ways to lengthen you at a rate that the bone won't heal, you know, uh, you won't get a premature consolidation and you're still going to be kind of be able to lengthen with less pain. I don't know if there's going to be a way to have no pain, uh, but I think it will be less pain because the lengthening rate does dictate that um, as well as the length that you're actually attaining. So we'll see. We'll see. I think the technology is going to kind of like help you know, change all that, but we'll have to just kind of wait and see. I don't think it's anywhere close. I think it's probably at least 10 years down the line, but, um, Josie, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh Oh, <laughs> Josie, we see your little echo around your J, <laughs> but we don't see, we don't hear anything guys. I just have bad news. My computer says the backup didn't finish correctly. <laughs> this sucks. What the heck? I'm going to go to the computer. But anyway, all right, let's keep it moving here. Oh man, I have such bad uh bad luck. Zachary McAllister. Hey Vic, I was wondering what happens to the fibula during the tibial lengthening. How does the Oh, this is what you were talking about, HA. He was asking this. Yes, the syndesmotic screws. Yeah. The yep. long screws that connect the that secures the fibula to the tibia on both ends. Yes, exactly. That is exactly how it stays uh, fixated to the uh, fibula. Um, okay. Um, uh, Fisher's back. Well, a guy that goes from five foot five, uh, Josie's back. Josie, what's up? You hear me now? I can hear you now. What, what did you do differently? I just logged out and left back in. 
Oh, okay. I don't know, man. This software is like so trippy sometimes. How you been? Yeah. I am over the moon. You know, I just wanted to share my joy today because I went to my doctor's appointment and my x-rays were really good. Really? Are you yeah. serious? So I can definitely confirm that exogen machine definitely does work. <laughs> I am a hundred percent on that thing because I've seen more progress in two months than I have over the last seven months with using wow. it. Wow. Hey, yeah. Jacob. Jacob, you left. I'm so sorry, but I think you just found she found the holy grail for like delayed gains. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. No, I used the same thing and I healed rapidly. Now I don't know if it was my age, my nutrition, my whatever I was doing, or if it was the exogen machine. Hey, look, those guys, they do have a machine that it's using uh lipus technology, low intensity pulse ultrasound. And uh hey, I think it works. I think PhysioStim or which is made by Orthofix, I think it uses some sort of electromagnetic current to stimulate the, you know, the, the bone healing. But, um, Hey, Josie, that's incredible. So what, is, what are we talking in terms of like, um, bone, cortical bone and like uh, weight bearing capacity? Okay. So I started weight bearing completely like no help in June. June. So oh, okay. yeah. And I had my next appointment like a month after in July, I started using the machine, but there was much progress. And then when my doctor saw me today, she's like, you look good. How do you feel? I'm like, I feel good. Cause I've been doing 40 minutes of walking. I'm on my physical therapy. I'm using the machine. I'm taking my vitamins. So I hope these results reflect that. And it surely did. Thank you. Oh, wow. You don't understand. I'm super happy for you because I know what it's like to not see bone healing. Because like when I was right. getting done, that's all this gap. I was like, please, Lord, let that heal. <laughs> it's like I want to walk one day. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's incredible. So now you are like, is your x-ray is like, like she's super happy? Like, are you fully consolidated? She's like... Everybody on the team that has worked with me, she's like, I'm telling this doctor, I'm telling this doctor, I'm telling this doctor. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. It's a good yeah. day. That was today? It was a really good day. That's awesome. Super happy for you. Hey, look, I'm having a uh, leg link discrepancy roundtable next week. You want to join? This time? Next week? Um, what time is best for you? Where are you located? In New York. In New York? Okay, so that's East Coast. What time works best for you? This time is fine for me. Okay, let's do the evening. I think. Okay, yeah, and we have mostly, I have mostly discrepancy patients from uh, the U.S., so I'll, I'll, I'll try to get everybody around like that 7 o'clock time. Cool, yeah, that'd be awesome. Fine. Very cool. Yeah, that was, that's going to be great because then two weeks, uh, the week, a week after that, we're going to do the stature lengthening roundtable. You can still come for that if you want, but like I can only hold 12 people. You know, they're all going to pile in here. Yeah. So. <laughs> awesome, Josie. All right, let's keep it moving, guys. Um, Fish is asking, will a guy that goes from 5'5 five five to 5'9 five look proportional? The goal for me has never been to be tall and tower people. It has been to not be short. Average is my goal. Lots of love to everyone doing this. Yeah, no, so... Um, Look, it's hard to say. I mean, things come into play with that torso length, arm length to your thigh length, all this stuff. You know, aesthetics is a very on-site visual perspective type thing. It's like, you know, that's why bodybuilders would go on stage. It's a sub subjective sport. They get judged by a panel of judges. It's not like, you know, oh, if I have this measurement and this, am I proportional? It's not the way it works. It's like more like how you look to everybody. And if you look really freaky, you're going to get double takes and like drop draws like oh snap you know <laughs> but but i think that five foot five to five foot nine that's a four inch increase you could definitely walk the line of disproportionate um you know you know having like a weird look i think you would probably be okay because i know patients that have done quadrilateral now if you're doing it on one limb segment which is crazy you shouldn't do that then you are walking the length of like probably
getting a little weird. But um, let's get uh, Fate. You want to answer this one? And then we get HJ's take. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I had this similar problem. Um, I was also five, yeah, five, 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 six. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I had a small torso and pretty long legs. And I, I don't know, maybe like one, two years before the surgery, I thought, oh, man, proportions, this would be a very big problem. But um, in my opinion, proportions are so overrated. You know, even now I have a 6.5 centimeter longer femur and uh, no one uh, looks at this. No one, really. Um, even my uh, physiotherapist, um, who's really specialized in yeah, proportions, um, he also really see, um, don't see it um, like disproportional. So, um, yeah, I really wouldn't care about that too much. Um, yeah, but, yeah, that's my opinion. No, that's a great opinion. Um, yeah, HJ, what are your what are your thoughts? Yes, I've been I've been um, analyzing proportions. Not just my own, but many other patients who had similar questions. Proportions is like one of the biggest concerns of people interested in leg lengthening or limb lengthening. Um, you say it again. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I've been analyzing a lot of page talking with a lot of patients who are concerned about proportions is one of the biggest concerns. But um, I, I, it's usually overrated. Like five, four inches is most likely not gonna be a, not gonna be an issue, unless you're doing like maybe four inches just on the femurs, it might, I think it will be. But assume you're doing a, dividing it up between the femurs and tibias. I find that usually four inches is most likely not gonna make a difference. Usually around like 4.5 to five inches, or more, that's when it starts to look, starts like looking more noticeable, like excessively long legs or short arms for some people. Um, but like four inches, I, I, used to, I find it like not really, most likely not. Okay. And also um, I do have uh, like several videos on proportions and also for like surveys or like mock-ups, mock-up pictures for a very small price of how you would, how I would look like. Um, I have a website on that. So I guess Victor, you can like make a link to that, my yeah. uh, YouTube channel and the, my website. Yeah, yeah, definitely post it below. You can take a look uh, at that as well. I offer those services as well. But in general, like four inches, most likely not. Okay, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I'll post all that stuff below for you guys. Um, when I get my computer back, which I don't know if one's gonna have it, they keep saying no, but uh, all right, let's keep it moving here. Um, <clears throat> Uh, let's see here. Crap, crap, crap. It rolled up. Oh, here we are. Okay, so uh, Jimmy Hayeda, Hayeda, he's saying, uh, how many months does it take to walk normally after precise femur eight centimeters, no sports or running? Thanks. So on average, Jimmy, answer six months if everything's going perfectly. If not, closer to like eight, um, you know, or longer. Uh, it depends on the bone healing. It depends on a lot of factors, muscle contractors and whatnot. But um you know, and if you can get eight centimeters, a lot of patients just push for the number no matter what, but they really shouldn't be. Um, and I got to, I got to, yeah, guys. Uh, um, so anybody in the chat, if you guys have any content ideas, I'm, I'm actually drafting some content ideas, but there's a lot to talk about. Like one thing I want to bring up real quick um, is there's a clinic that is apparently consulting with patients. It's an international clinic somewhere else across seas. And I've heard that they're allowing patients to do lengthening both the femurs and the tibias on the same day. Now, 
I don't know what they're thinking. This is for cosmetic stature, like they're not like for dwarfism and they're not doing like an external fixator on one pure external fixator on one. And they're reaming the bone in both the tibia and the femur on, you know, the same day. I don't know where you, where these people are coming from, but that's a very dangerous thing to do uh, because we had a, uh, a complications live stream last year with Dr. Paley, who said the number one complication you can get from the surgery is a fat embolism. And that is a very deadly complication. If you get that and your lungs don't filtrate all the fat out, you could die. So I don't know what's wrong with this clinic, but I'm going to start making videos and um, I may or may not drop some names so that they can, patients can steer clear of that. Cause that's, I don't want a patient to die over something so stupid because they want to make more money. That's, that's ridiculous. So uh, yeah, so that's what some, something I wanted to say about that. Let's keep it moving. Sack. I'm five foot six and I want to be five foot nine. Should I do both the tibia and the fibula? <laughs> well, you mean the femur. <laughs> I, pra I practice, um, oh, I guess you, maybe the tibia and the fibula for three inches, but now you can't really do that much. I practice karate, so want to lose my agility, and I'm afraid of the future complications. Um, I think you mean femur in that second part. Um, you want to just go by three inches. You could get away with just doing the femur, but if you do both, then you could split it up, absolutely. Uh, but not losing agility, I would say that you'd probably want to lengthen the femur as much as possible conservatively and then think about the tibia later because it's going to give you the best uh, overall outcome. And that's going to cost a lot more money and take more time, but it's going to give you the best overall outcome in the long term. So, um, all right. So let's see the next question from Jimmy. How is the precise nail size decided for each patient? Is it on x-rays or is it decided during surgery? Has anyone used less than a 12.5? HJ, you're pretty, you know, adept on this, uh, the nail size thing. You want to take this one? Okay, the precise nail size. Um, before you, the surgery, you have what's called a pre-consultation appointment with a doctor. It's usually one or anywhere from one to three months before the surgery. But that also includes x-rays during that pre-consultation. We'll take your x-rays. The doctor will measure your the width of your intermedullary canal, the inside canal of your bone, the width of it. And that's how they determine the nose size. Yeah. The doctor that's right. And I do know patients that have gotten less than 12.5 millimeters. Actually, if you guys have know, uh, remember Rich Rotella, the guy that I'm working on the Lem Lengthening documentary with, <laughs> I think he had to get the, uh, what's the size down from this one, uh, HJ? Is it the 10 point? Uh, yeah, 10.7, I think. 10.7. 12.5 think... max, large, 10.7 is the medium, and 8.5. Yeah, small. He had to get the 10.7s, and he was like, no, I'm only going to be able to weight there 50 pounds on each leg, which is like 100. So he had a much harder time, unfortunately. But um, yeah, no, definitely. I've known lots of patients that have used less than the 10 point, uh, the 12.5. So <laughs> stay mercing. Hey, Vic, it's uh, Kevin from New York. I met with Dr. Rosberg, and things are looking promising. I want to get on the discrepancy roundtable next week. Oh, oh, Kevin. Okay, yeah, definitely, definitely, Kevin. Um, great. I think I actually have you uh, marked down. Josie's marked down, and I have like three or four more discrepancy patients. I'm gonna invite all you guys, and then whoever can make it can make it. Um, we'll probably around seven o'clock because Josie said that works for her, and she's gonna leave it off. So, Josie, you're gonna be the host next week. What do you th <laughs> What do you think about that? <laughs> I'll try my best. <laughs> okay, ready? You're gonna be like, hey guys, it's Josie from Cyborg for Life. <laughs> Welcome to episode 98. It's like, I'm just kidding. No, that'd be great. Yeah, look, Kevin, I'm going to invite you, and we're going to have a great 
there's been a lot of discrepancy patients that have reached out recently. And I know you had now Kevin, I think actually did have a, um, Kevin, how, put in the chat, how, how big was your discrepancy? If you're still around, uh, that'd be great. Otherwise you just uh, tell everybody next week. Monaf, that's Snell. You're talking about that clinic that's doing both the tibias and the femurs on the same day. I know it's crazy. It's a very popular clinic that you have probably seen online. Yeah. If that's saying anything. It's crazy. I'm going to start taking shots indirectly at first, and then I might come out with it. So it's like, look, if a patient dies over this, it's, I'm not cool with that. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. All right. Jimmy Aida, thanks for the response, Vic. Just to clarify, is that six months post-stop or post-distraction phase walking normally? Uh, oh, you were talking normal walking. Oh, okay. So that was just, uh, I was talking just walking without assistance. I guess you meant, you said no running. I'm sorry. I miss misunderstood you. So to walk normally with a non-weight bearing now, the average wait time is about seven to nine months. It's about seven to nine months normally. Now to walk normally with a weight bearing now, if you're getting to get that one, it's going to be like closer to that five to six months. It's just because the muscles are more active during the lengthening process. So it takes less time. So um, yeah, so it should be after lengthening, not after consolidation. After consolidation, you'll be doing everything normally. You should be. Um, okay. Kareem, <clears throat> what's your feedback for 6.5 femurs and 4.5 tibias? Recently, I'm stretching and trying to gain gain mobility, and it's hard, I imagine, after surgery. It's going to be very tough to build back up and regain muscles again. Um, yeah, so that's a pretty conservative amount on the femurs, but uh, uh, somewhat conservative. And then, then for the tibias, that's almost the max that you should probably shoot for. Um, are you saying that you had this done, or recently I'm stretching and trying to get mobility? but you're saying that you imagine it's hard after surgery. So I guess you don't have it. You're a prospective patient. So it's hard to say, like everybody's different. And, you know, depending on how much space you give in between the two surgeries, it's all going to kind of play into that, factor into that. But my best advice to any patient that's doing, you know, both segments is give as much time in between as possible and really work your, work your tail off to get maximum range of motion back. Like HJ, you had how much in time, how much time in between your two surgeries? A little over a year. A little over a year. That's probably the best you can do because it's not going to – you don't want to go too much fat past a year because then it's just like wasting time. But like a year is perfect. Six months is second best, and then three months is like the minimum that I would do. I know some clinics still do three weeks and whatnot. Um, it's possible under the right you know guidance and physical therapy team and good surgeons, but like I think you should give yourself at least three months um, before you, you're still not going to be weight bearing fully, but like at least three months. If, if you have a weight bearing now, six months, if you have a non weight bearing now and a year is the best for every scenario. <clears throat> oh, see, <laughs> Josie, this is Kevin and he had three and a half inches, uh, discrepancy. So isn't that crazy? Inches. That's, that's Inch it. inches. He literally had wow. real inches. Yeah. Yeah. He, he came on in, I think it was early last year on a discrepancy round table with like five or six other ones. And they had some severe discrepancies. Like you and I think we had discrepancy. These guys have like chunks of like sidewalk discrepancies. Wow. Yeah. So he's <laughs> going to be here next week. Kevin, we can't wait to hear, uh, hear, hear from you and hear about your, your thoughts three going into the country. <laughs> yeah. That's three and a half inches. I mean, like, good Lord. I mean, these are, that's what you can't even get that. And I mean, he can, cause you know, depends for discrepancy, but, uh, um, and there was another patient that emailed me. Um, uh, he said that he had a uh, a five centimeter discrepancy, and he's going to go to Rosbrook as well. And he's going to do two and a half and two and a half on the femur and the tibia, unless all the length, if the length is um, 
evenly distributed between the two limbs. I, I think that's kind of unnecessary to break two bones. Like for me, mm-hmm. like it wasn't evenly distributed. And I said, just do one leg. I like, I don't want, I'll sacrifice the tibia. Just don't, don't, don't touch my femur too. Like, you know, I just yeah. couldn't have two muscles, you know, compromised. So, uh, wind Victor, in your experience, do you know how much people typically pay or have paid for limb length? Any, if they already have a, uh, rotational deformity. This is perfect for HJ because he had one. HJ, take this question. Yeah, for my tibias, um, I had a my right foot, my right tibia was like had a external tibial torsion (ETT), mm-hmm. where my right foot was pointing outward excessively. So that was that's actually considered a medical necessity surgery. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a good portion of that my tibial lengthening surgery covered because of that. Yeah. So if it falls within a certain certain threshold, then um, they'll they'll cover it, and then you can just basically just pay for the the precise lengthening nails. Exactly. So a lot of money. Yep. My advice: try to get that underwriting, like you know, that your policy to cover that, because like if you have good insurance, they might see it as a medical necessity and say, hey, look, we'll do a rotational deformity. And lengthening at the same time, and the surgeon, if they're good enough, they can they can make that magic happen for you. So definitely consult with them. They can they can write it. Insurance is they're getting fooled all the time. So there's nothing wrong with <laughs> getting getting them to pay for that. So all right, let's see here. Gabriel saying I'm a little bit late for surgery. He's 39 years old. Uh, how long before surgery would you recommend to start stretching? I will probably be 42 by the time I can do it. I'm looking for 5.5 centimeters on the femur, 166. Point five to 172. Okay, so he has like the specific decimal place numbers. I think that's fantastic that he's considering um, stretching. So he's really doing his preparation here. Gabriel, fantastic. So um, I always say that you can't hurt by starting um, at least, I say at least three weeks out. That's like the bare minimum. You have to start there. But I think like eight to 12 weeks is best because you just get into a good regimen. Like it's, if you're starting like a, let's say a new weight loss journey, you don't want to just like go all out because you're going to get burned out. So start slow, build up your, you know, uh, your, your, um, your stretching, you know, duration and whatnot. And like just getting it in, get in the habit of doing it. That's the main thing you're trying to do here. And it's also going to help with tissue pliability and whatnot. So I think the perfect, um, amount to start is eight weeks, 12 weeks. If you really are scared and you're like, I'm really not flexible, but if you're like relatively active, you go to the gym, you start, you do some cardio, you you work out right now. I think eight weeks is perfect. It gives you enough time to start at like three times a week, next week, four times a week, then five times a week, and then you're just doing it every day and you're getting into a nice habit. So, uh, Josie, did you do any stretching before your surgery? I did no form of preparation before. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, you had, again, you had three centimeters, not three inches, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Fate, what about you? Did you prepare? Uh, yes. Um... I started stretching two years before the surgery and really, really hard, like five, six times a week, uh, one to two hours a day. Wow. Um, yes. Um, so I'm, but that's, I think the reason why I have now uh, zero tightness, I'm now at, um, I said 6.5 centimeters and I have zero tightness, nothing. Wow. You see, Gabriel, so listen to fate. I mean, he went a little, you know, excessive with it, but it's working for him. So, yeah, you said you, you started about six weeks out, you said? Fate. Uh, um, what? Again, please? How, how, how far out did you start for your surgery? 
Six weeks. Also, um, um, no, I started uh, two years before the surgery. Yes. <laughs> okay, all right. I misheard that. Sorry, Gabriel. Okay, you don't have to start that far, but uh, unless you want to go Fate's way, but he does have zero uh, tightness, so you got to start two years out. So, Gabriel, start now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just a joker today, guys. Um, no, yeah, at least eight weeks of up to two years. <laughs> Josie, you want to you wanna be a host right now? You want to you wanna start practicing for next week? Um, is there okay, a question gonna, I should answer? I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring the question on you. You gotta do this one. All right, you're up. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, what other surgeons are you having on and what is the time frame? So for next week, I can tell you the time frame would be around seven. When it comes on to the surgeons, I would have to direct that question to Victor. Okay, I'll take that, Josie. Thanks so much. Uh, well, we are going to be having the guy who kicked it off. I have to re Sorry, my audio just kind of cut out. Is it back on? There it is. Yeah. So um, whoever did Lim Lengthening episode, Lim Lengthening Live episode number one might be coming back for Lim Lengthening Live episode 100. It's only right, right? You know, bring back the the, the father, the founding father of it all. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, so that, that, then obviously we, I like to do the annual um, update with Dr. Paley sometime in the fall. He's going to be talking about the new weight-bearing nail, the new the Precise Max. He was on the design board for it. So a lot of patients are waiting for that nail. We're going to invite him back. So it's no surprise he's going to be coming back on. I just got to check his busy schedule. The man's unbelievably busy. Uh, but I'm looking at probably early November for him, okay? So the nail probably won't be released until like, the early part of uh, 2024, so we're talking like January, February, but we're going to get him on ahead of time to do a live stream with you guys. He did a massive three-hour live stream last year. You can find it somewhere on the channel, um, so check it out. He did an amazing job on complications. This year, it's going to be probably on the nail, uh, the future of limb lengthening, uh, the Paley legacy, um, answering you guys' questions. It's going to be a huge, huge, huge event, so definitely show up for that. So that's that. Um, yeah, and I don't know. We'll see what else happens from there. So cool. Josie, next one. Uh, oh, this is just Gabriel saying, thanks for being such a great source of info. Yeah, well, thanks, Gabriel. Thanks for being a great supporter. Appreciate it. All right. Um, okay, Josie, go ahead and take this one. Okay, this is from Benjamin. Hey, HJ, how is your flexibility going? And are you able to go back to a daily, to your daily activities as you use, as you used to before the surgery? Yes, um, I'm able to do most daily activities, most, not, not physically intensive. I haven't really done running yet. I probably can, but I just didn't want to try it yet. I just want to wait until like a few months after my, my femur rods and syndesmonic screws are removed. Cause I think that's when I'll be the, at the most at my peak performance. So I'm just waiting for that. It's only like a month away. So I can just wait a little longer. And yeah, my flexibility is, is, is getting very, it's getting better every, every week. I'm noticing a difference. It takes time because I, I was doing well with recovering after femur lengthening, recovering my flexibility, but then after the tibia lengthening, it, yeah, it slipped again, but, uh, I'm getting that back again because you notice that all the muscles are interconnected. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm doing, making good progress getting it back. That's awesome. And after the femur Roger removed, I think I'll get it back, get even more back. Yep, you will definitely get it back after you get those nails around. Okay, awesome. Cool, Gabriel, say cool. Uh, okay, um, 
Okay, so he's saying, if I have, if I may ask one other question, just curious if you've ever heard of any doctors in South America for internal disease? This is a very good question because I do know, um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it or not. I have heard that, uh, I'll just say it, yeah. I, well, you guys actually know, I think he said it last year, Dr. Pilly is thinking about actually opening a clinic in Medellin, Colombia uh, sometime in the future. So yes, that's South America. Um, so definitely look forward to that. Um, I know Dr. Robbins did it. Um, a speech in Brazil this past summer uh, for stature lengthening. So I think they're starting to you know, invade South America for stature lengthening. So, um, and these are the A-listers. I mean, if they're gonna do it, they're gonna do it right. So they know what they're doing. They're gonna post up their, their clinic down there. So um, yeah, you guys are gonna have some good options. And, and the really cool thing is about like, you know, getting it out of the US, they can kind of bring the uh, the price down and you're having A-list uh, level of, uh, experience for lengthening, okay? Not some clinic that's trying to lengthen both the tibias and the femurs on the same day. Josie, what do you think about that? Isn't that crazy? Come again? <laughs> Come on, those are supposed to be <laughs> No, I was just saying, I'm just saying these uh, clinics that are doing dangerous things. Okay, Josie, you're up. Okay, so this is from JM. For weight-bearing nail, if you are not consolidating, you do not have you do not have to swap to a trauma nail correct since it's weight bearing already. Hey, good question. Good question. Okay. So, um, you do not have to, okay. Um, you, there's other treatment modalities you could, you know, use to kind of help heal the bone. Um, you know, like Josie did, she used the exogen bone stimulator, which is through lipus technology. It's basically like a, you apply a little bit of gel for the transduction of the, um, the the ultrasound um and you just put it on your your where the you put it on the where the osteotomy was right josie on the tibia yeah i did mm -hmm. yeah right there you strap it on with a little velcro around the leg i remember yeah. you push the button and it, does it get a little warm after a while you know i don't i don't feel it at all you don't okay i did i, I think don't. i maybe i didn't feel it maybe i just kind of had the placebo thing <laughs> in my head <laughs> i don't yeah, but no, there's there's that. There's the bone stimulator. I actually did a really good video. Um, that's where I give myself props on the channel about five different ways you can heal your bone. So there's no – before doing a nail swap, um, you know, there's a Forteo injection, BMAC, which is like bone marrow aspirate. Um, you have uh, – what else? Um, the weight-bearing, mechanical loading. Um yeah, I'm trying to think. There's there's a few more in that video, but um, you can you can do other things. You don't have to do a trauma nail swap. It's probably the the fastest way to do it, but it's also the most invasive way. So you want to start as conservative as possible, and then go as you know your your last hope after that. So, all right, JM, good question. All right, Josie. Okay, so is the new nail ever going to go up from 90 millimeters to 100 millimeters from fever and tibia to 60 millimeters to 70 millimeters? Oh, good question. Uh, HJ, have you heard? I assume he's talking about the precise max. Yeah. The full weight-bearing version of the precise nail. Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't know if the, the limit is... Uh, 80 millimeters or eight centimeters. I don't, I never, I don't know what, if it's going to go to nine or 10 centimeters, the precise max. I'm not aware of that. Yeah, I don't think it will. I think, um, I they're think kind of eight centimeters. Yeah, I think they're going to stay with like around eight. I don't think they're, I think I've heard. 
I think there is that one from OrthoGet, like they're trying to do 8.5, um, but you're going to have nail companies coming out in the next 10 years, I can guarantee you, and they're all going to try to push the limits. They're like, oh, but our nail goes up to 10, and the patients are going to be like, I want 10, because you know, Nuvasiv only does 8, and they're going to go get that nail, or the surgeon that you know buys that nail, and they're going to do it, and they're going to end up with a big muscle contraction, because the human biology is not going to evolve that fast. So technology moves a lot faster than we do. I mean, look, we have AI, you know, so, all right, let's see here, Josie, the next one. Okay, so this is from Kareem. What about regaining muscles again? My question is for Mr. MJ. Are you feeling better now and are you able to gain strength? Yes, I'm feeling better now. So um, I feel like I pretty much gained all my, my, my strength back. But I haven't like, really done running yet because I'm, since I'm waiting for my, uh, my femur rods to be removed and it's this body screws my tibial syndesmotic screws to be removed as well. So there's a lot of patients, they, um, like fever lifting patients, some of them have like problems with the locking screws get caught in their IT bands, which kind of makes it a hindrance. I, I don't really have that problem, but I do kind of feel it a little bit when I lay on my side, when I kind of got used to it, but um, it just weighs, down, weighs me down a little bit. So I, don't, I haven't really been trying heavy athletics, like running or heavy weight lifting. But when I prefer like normal activities and even just moderate medium athletics, I think I feel like I pretty much keep my strength back. Awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah, I remember for me, like, I think. I think like, you know, obviously once I started walking it, you know, I started with like just body weight stuff and it was like the bar in the gym. And then, you know, as the muscles started to fill back in, I felt more comfortable internally, subconsciously to kind of go heavier and heavier. And before I know it, I think it was eight months after I was able to walk. Um, or was it eight months after the surgery? Yeah, it was eight months after the surgery. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Well, I had it in August, like late July. I think by that March. So I guess that is eight months. I was uh, squatting pretty heavy. I wasn't doing sprints yet. But again, when your feet are on the ground planted like for squats, closed chain movements, they're going to come back a lot quicker than doing things like sprinting, jumping, and stuff like that. So regaining strength way faster than doing things like regaining your sprinting and then jumping ability. Um, <clears throat> so this question or this uh, thing, amen. So go ahead, Josie. <laughs> okay, from amen. He says, where are these clinics that are performing surgery on femur and tibia on the same day? Let me guess. Yeah, let me guess. Let's all guess, all right? No, no, okay. All right, we'll leave that there. But yeah, I'm glad we we brought it up because I've heard this from two different people on consultations in the last week. So they're obviously saying it a lot more regularly now, and this stuff needs to stop. Like I'm getting, yeah, again, I, I don't want to go down that way. Like seriously, like. We have people like Dr. Pillay, who's been the most, he's the most experienced surgeon in the world on this. And he's saying, look, fat embolism, like all the surgeons, top surgeons are saying like fat embolism is much more likely um, if you're reaming, you know, even if you do the venting technique or whatnot, it's just so much more likely. It's dangerous to do on the long bones, like the femur and the tibia, um, especially if these patients are like vaping or they're compromised, you know, lung conditions, they're going and get this done for dirt cheap and they don't know any better. And then they end up with a fat emboli, they get swept under the rug, and this patient got it done on their own. Their patient, their parents or family or friends don't know anything about it, and they just disappear. And we hear about it in the communities, like, there's a patient death, and this clinic will get shut down for that. But I don't want a patient to have to die for that to happen. That's, this needs to be stopped ahead of time. And if I have to use my platform to do it, I'll do it. So they better, they better correct themselves real soon, or else, I don't know, they're going to start seeing a lot less uh, 
patient acquisition. So let's see what do we got here. Uh, Victor, ben, yeah, yeah. What's up, um, Yeah. Um, imagine you have uh, 100 patients, and um, all of them goes um, to the different clinics. How much um, of them do you think are making the uh, process um, unsafe? And um, for example, in one of those clinics, how much of the 100 people? Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, okay. So if we take a hundred patients and we put them all in one clinic versus a really good clinic. So if there's, in my mind, I think there's tiers of limb lengthening clinics, right? Like that. I think there's a top, there's obviously like an upper echelon of like your top six, right? Like there's just like in football, there's a top six and you know, everything there's a top six, right? There's them and there's like a top 10 and there's a top 20. I think there's probably about 12, maybe 15 clinics that can do the surgery decently well, um, but the patient has to take on more, um, uh, you know, responsibility for the further down the list they go. So if you like, you pick the most experienced clinic, that clinic's not going to let anything happen to you because it's on their reputation. They're the best in the world. If they, if they have like a big complication, then they're not the best in the world. Right. But then the further down the list you go, a lot more, you know, complications can happen. So let's say that the hundred patients go to the clinic at the front. I think that the complication rate is less than, you know, three to 5%, right? And we're talking recoverable complications, things like muscle contractures that can get, you know, the aggressive physical therapy, uh, delayed unions, things that, you know, aren't life-threatening or like crippling, if you will. Now, if you take the same 100 patients and you put them to the tier at the end of the list, okay, with these clinics that I'm talking about, I think it's almost like flipping a coin, 50-50. I really do. I think it's crazy because what they show what actually happens are two different things. Like what I get in my consultations and emails is a whole lot different than what they're showing on their channel. So I don't know how to put it any differently, but I think it's that dire, that different. It's like you have like a less than 5% and you have an over 50%. Okay. It's crazy. Um, now the over 50% that gets, you know, good positive turnouts at these clinics. They're the ones that they showcase. They're the ones that, you know, the patient's like, Oh, I dodged a bullet. I got away. And then patients see these, uh, Prospective patients see these con uh, cases and they're like, oh, that's going to be the same as me, you know, but then they go in and they get a complication. They're like, crap. And then they're quiet and they don't speak up and they don't want to come on the channel. They don't want to talk about it because they, they just feel bad because they sustain a complication. But the clinic doesn't care because they just want to kind of market more, get more patients in because they want to make more money. So they're starting to do some more risky things like doing the, the, the femurs and the tibias on the same day. Now they just walked into some like, crazy dangerous territory because this is like talking you know potential death because what if one of these patients is a vapor and they don't bring it up because they're like i need to get this i need to get taller and the surgeon's like i need that money that's a bad complication waiting to happen called fat embolism and that patient could die so that's why like this is you know i didn't want to have to use the platform for things like this but hey i will make a direct video if i hear like another con uh, patient come to me talking about this i will i will call them out and it's going to be a war like, yeah, I, I don't care because, like, I don't, yeah, so anyway, yeah, so let's keep moving. Um, but, yeah, does that answer your question, Fate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, right. you know, no, no, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy. It's crazy. I see, it's, it's, I see so many um, patients on the Internet that uh, doing limb lengthening unsafe, the number is so high, um, it's, it's sad. It's simply, it's so sad, Victor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, and my, that's why I actually want to come back with the content really soon. That's why I want you guys to pump in content ideas. So go ahead and do it before I close up the show for the night. Um, but like, seriously, it's this year, the goal this year with Cyborg for Life is going to 
kind of showcase the differences in like, you know, experienced clinics versus non-experienced clinics, recovery of a, like a safe recovery of a patient versus complications of patients that go to, you know, other clinics. Because this is the reason why the stigma still exists around stature lengthening, right? Even for discrepancies, like the people go get botched in India and, um, you know, certain places in Turkey and Asia, you know, and they're getting butchered and it's crazy. I really don't want to have to, you know, down the mood here, but like, it's, it's, it's also kind of hurtful when I see another complication come through my inbox and I'm like, man, you know, this person just wanted to get taller or get something fixed or a deformity fix. And they ended up with five more deformities that they have to get like six surgeries to fix. It's crazy, you know? So anyway, <clears throat> I, I agree with you, fate. I think that, you know, for example, this is, this, this, this came through my email the other day and I'll just use it. I know she's probably watching, but it's no, no identity will be revealed, but she, she said that she, um, she had, she wants to get LON on the femur done. Um, I think full length, but she has a wedding in January. Guys, I don't know if you've looked at the calendar lately, but it's like, <laughs> it's the end of September. Like and you're going to do LON on your femurs max length. <laughs> and you want to be at a, going to your, your own wedding <laughs> in January. I'm like, man, I don't know what's wrong with people. Josie, what are your thoughts on that? So I'm just it's not possible. I'm sorry. It's not possible. Right? <laughs> like, would you get married, Josie? Would you have three months? Not even three months. I mean, it's just three three months for your own wedding. That's crazy. But um, no, I think I think that when you think about it, it's it's the um, the uh, the incorrect information that's being put out, and that's why I need to come back. I know I took a sabbatical here, like two months of no no videos and stuff, but it's I gotta get back into it. So, all right, guys. So let's see here. Let's kind of wrap up the show. It's already been over an hour. Um, let me just see if there's any other questions in here for Josie to kind of orchestrate for everybody. Oh gosh, people are really popping in here. <clears throat> um, hey, Victor. There, guy, there was a guy that from the clinic, the, the, this clinic, <laughs> that went from six foot to almost six seven, and the reason why he did it was because he had a long. I'm sorry, Josie, I took your question. <laughs> but you can week. just finish it. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, okay. He had a long six four wingspan. What are your thoughts about it, Victor? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the bodybuilder guy. People said something about that in the Discord. I saw his story. Um, I think he's a strong man. Actually, I don't think he's a bodybuilder. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it's his choice. Um, if he felt like he wanted to get taller, I don't think he did it just for the wingspan. I mean, some people have, very few people have done it just for proportions. Maybe they did. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to ask him. Um, but I think that's not a really good reason to do this surgery just for proportions. Cause like my arm length is like six foot and I'm not six foot by any means. So, um, yeah. So our Tom, I hope he does really well in terms of recovery. Um, let's see here. Dirda, let's do these guys. Let me do like a five minute quick down. So I'll throw something to HJ, Fate, and Josie here. So let's see. Uh, what do you think about pricing? As it gets more popular, I would have kind of thought that it would get cheaper, but I've seen Turkey, they went all the way up at least $15,000. Will it go higher or low in the next years? HJ, you take this one. Okay. Um, I'm not like really an economist, or, but, um, but I can make some reasonable educated guesses or educated predictions. It's not, it's not like I can't, of course, nobody can predict the future, but I, I don't see the prices going down because, you know, there's what happened because you have supply and demand that affects the price. So the, the demand is just going to keep going up and up. And remember, this is not just within one country. It's a global market now. We have like people all around the world looking for 
limb lengthening surgery, cosmetic limb lengthening surgery, and and also like many countries have like several um, limb lengthening doctors, surgeries, centers as well, and doctors. So so you, you don't I don't see the I just don't see the the supply of doctor, qualified doctors keeping up with the I, I see the demand far out out outpacing the supply. That's why. So when demand goes up and supply stays constant, you'll see prices go up. That's why. You know, I don't know, HJ. I think I agree with you 90%. I think that there is some wiggle room for things to change because from two different categories, we have the surgeon, the provider standpoint, and then the uh, device standpoint. I think that because we're making advancements in the devices, but we also have more surgeons coming into the field doing this. Like, I think there's two Yale surgeons that are starting to get stature length. I think. Let me just check that real quick. Yale stature length. Yeah. So basically, there's more surgeons coming into the thing. So the supply is going to go up. Um, and when that does, somebody's going to have to cut in price. Like, it's just basic. I, I, I was an economics minor. Even that doesn't even matter just from a business standpoint, right? You just try it it's going to be commoditized to some extent. Um, and the name brands are going to be around like the Nikes. I mean, you're going to be able to price high cream of the crop. And then the ones who are keeping it dirt cheap and you know, their economic environment, they're going to keep it dirt cheap. Um, so I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case. I think that it's going to be expensive, but I do see that there's probably good, not from the top players, like the, you know, the ones who've been like put their stake in the ground right now. But I think that like, as you see more surgeons come in the field, you're going to see like a little, little bit of a uh, dilution. I can't find it right now, but I think it's. Yeah, I see more surgeons, but it's not. It's not going to keep in, keep up in pace with the increasing demands of patients looking for the surgery. That's what I don't foresee. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, you know, I think that here's the thing. It's like clinics that. As they market more, like these clinics in Turkey that he's talking about, they're raising prices because they're getting more patient demand, right? But as they get more competition, they're going to realize that people are going to the cheaper competitors and they're like, crap, we have to either bring our price down or we have to find some sort of unique selling proposition to kind of outdo these people. It's the same thing with the devices, right? You have the weight-bearing nails like Nuvasive and OrthoFix uh, and then OrthoGet. So you have those three trying to play it. Um, obviously, Nuvasive is like the monopoly right now and the, the the brand name so they're going to try to price high or the fix yeah. better or the fix better out feature or they better try to undercut in price it's it's just going to have to happen if they don't what surgeon's going to buy their nail because <laughs> it's not weight bearing or um if they do buy their nail what's what patient's going to pick them they're like oh well i know nuvasive right like it's 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 just like you go into like you go into the barbershop right like it had to happen like i, I didn't have my barber the other day but like you go and you pick your barber. Like Josie, when you get your hair done, right? You get you have hair? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course, I do. <laughs> so so you know what this is like, right? Like when you go to get your hair done. <laughs> you pick your hairstylist, you're you know, the the, the lady yeah. and you're like, you know, you have your person. So anyway, that's my thought on that. Another so. thing about the prices in like let's say Turkey, like supposedly cheaper, just because they're cheaper doesn't mean it's gonna bring down prices because there's a lot of incidences in where they went to Turkey or some other country and got like like surgery to, to save money. But then what happened was they got a serious complication or an injury. And then they have to come back to like, like let's say they're American and then they have to get it fixed. So they have to come back to the United States uh, and then they have to find a doctor to fix their, the, the botched ligament surgery. And then, cause I know, cause my, 
my doctor, like Dr. Asiyah, he, he spent a lot of time correcting like patients who had injuries from other countries that were, they were hoping to save money, but they instead they got injured and then they had to get it fixed by a qualified doctor back at home in the United States. And then, and then that, so that's, and when they take up the surgeon's time, then time, then that, there's a lot, yeah, so it's, it doesn't really save money. It's actually it makes it worse. But yeah, you can go to place in Turkey. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's more about like knowing the surgeon. Like, because again, there's one fantastic surgeon in Turkey that I know. There's one, one, but his prices aren't as cheap as these people's. So, um, all right, guys, let's try to finish up in these last couple questions here. Uh, Durda, can you ever do like a pre shopping list as a video a day? Oh, that's a good idea. Things like to have before the surgery. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I have, I mean, you know, I think I have something in Limlinking Secrets, which you guys can get at cyborgflip.com slash secrets. Go ahead and click that. Uh, it's below. It's a free course. Um, I have tons of, like, little devices and things you can kind of get. Um, you know, but HJ has some fantastic resources as well on his channel, which I'll post below later. Uh, check that out. But really, it's, you know, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably do, like, a video on that sometime. But um, I, there's there's some more pertinent topics that I want to kind of talk about ahead of time, uh, like smoking with the surgery, uh, the biggest fears that patients talk about, like, um, yeah. So let's see here. Zanair, uh, Victor, how would you rate the Canadian Limb Lengthening Center in Montreal? I couldn't find anyone on social media who has gotten a procedure done for them. I feel like they're a little bit cheaper. Yeah, no. So there are, there's a good amount of patients that have gotten it done there. I know you guys have seen JP on this channel. He's gotten it done there. Um, no, you know, Dr. Marie, she's a fantastic surgeon, um, well-trained, you know, so she's up there. Absolutely. Um, Let's see. Okay. Any other questions? Can you discuss, discuss bent nails? It happens. It happens a lot. Um, does it mean that you have to stop lengthening? Not necessarily, depending on how bad the nail is bent. If it is badly bent, you might have to get a uh, swapped for another lengthening nail. Um, unless you were done lengthening, you get it swapped for a trauma nail. Um, but I've seen a lot of them. I've seen a lot of them. I've seen some breaks. I've seen lots of things happen. So they do bend. They do. Yep. So you definitely got to be very careful unless you have a weight-bearing nail. And even then, you want to be careful. So, all right, let's see. Um, I, if I undergo femur surgery in December, will I be able to walk unassisted in June or July for office work? No heavy lift. So December, June or July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sh well, that's like, what's that, six months? I think it'd be close. I think it'd be close. Um you should be. I mean, it depends. It really depends. And it depends on what nail you get and things like that. But it, it might be a little close. I would say probably push it another month or two. Um, wow, now the questions are coming in. Go ahead, Josie. You want to take this one? Sure. Yeah. So Kevin is asking, does blood thinner inhibit bone growth? Do you stop taking it after lightning so consolidation goes faster? That's a good question, but I don't think there's any indications that show that it has a direct impact on bone growth. I don't know the mechanisms for it. I have to look at it like uh, for warfarin, uh, heparin, diff different ones. Like, you know, I don't know. H.J., do you know anything about that? I don't think there's been any studies that have shown any conclusive evidence that it has a negative impact on bone growth. Yeah, I'm not sure about it either. Um, yeah, I'd have to ask a surgeon on that one. I doubt, look, you're doing it during lengthening, you know, to prevent a pulmonary embolism. So I don't think it's going to inhibit, you know, uh, you do stop taking it. You do stop taking it after lengthening. Yes. So yeah, I, that's not the reason why though. It's just because you're not lengthening anymore. Now the bone's healing. Um, but I don't think it has anything to do with growth. 
There might be. There might be. There, you'd be surprised that there's a lot of factors that happen with bone growth, with the different cascades and whatnot. Uh, HJ, uh, knowing what you know now, would you have still done two segments or just three centimeters on one segment? Uh, I would have just gone with, uh, I think you can maybe eight, eight centimeters or something like that, but then I didn't do three centimeters. That's very low. Oh, 3.7 on the tibias. But um, I, I, was a, I would have done two segments, yes. Two seminars, okay, yeah, no, definitely. Um, okay, all right, guys, let's just take two more questions here. We're gonna wrap it up because I want to not have a ton of timestamps to do. <laughs> all right, or Josie, you want to do them? You're, you're now part of the show, so you got to do timestamps. <laughs> okay, so Benjamin says this is his last question. Um, what are your plans getting limp lengthening done like after when you achieve full length three to five inches? Josie, he's asking you that. <laughs> oh, is my question directly? I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't know what he's asking. Is it to me, Ben, or who, who are you asking? For me, look, I'm. I don't even know. We'll see what happens. But um, you can ask Fate. Fate, when's your next surgery? <laughs> um, my next surgery is in February. So um, yeah, I let my bone heal about four months, so I can really full weight there. That's awesome. Very cool. Very very cool. All right, all right, Josie. Let's do this for the. Oh, it's, it's for everyone, Ben said. Okay, Josie, take this as the last question. Okay, so for a 35-year-old, how long do you guys feel the downtime will be if only five centimeters in done, is done on femurs? Ooh, I actually like this question a lot, a lot. And the reason why is because um, there's two factors playing here. Age, uh, actually three, age, bone, which bone segment, and the length, right? So Ooh. age is going to have an effect, impact. Um, the amount of length you get and the, well, actually there will be another one that's hidden. It's the rate of distraction. So that's a four factor question. Um, honestly, it's hard to say, cause you never know everything can play into it. And then you have ge genetics and f there's all kinds of factors in there, but like the ones that he's kind of focused on, if I were to guess, um, and this is based on like, you know, patients that have done five centimeters, 5.5 and you know, six is approximately four and a half months max, like I think. And that's if everything goes perfectly. And the reason why I say that is because you're taking, you know, uh, you know, you start to lengthen it. I mean, you, you, you do the surgery, you do the latent, latency phase, which is like about a week. You start your lengthening, then you go for 50 days plus the, the sevens, so you're about 60, that's about two months, right? <clears throat> then you heal for another two and a half, that's four and a half. So that's why I say four and a half, five months max. I think you're, you're walking unassisted. So I think that's the downtime that you're talking. Now, 35, I think anything under like 50 is going to heal really well if your nutrition is in check and you don't have any complications. So I think you're looking at about four and a half to five months average. Now, that could be faster. It could be a little bit longer, but I think that you're looking at about four and a half, five months. Did anybody else have anything else? Uh, um, any other opinions on that? Yeah, I think it's more like four months because eight centimeter lengthening on femurs is about three months lengthening plus three more months in consolidation until you start walking independently. So like five centimeters of the femurs, that's like two months lengthening, then two more months of consolidation until you start walking independently. Yeah. And, but again, I think the rate of distraction does depend. I think for somebody who's doing conservative and they know they just want only five centimeters, um, this is like a, like a, a test. I think that th if the surgeon is doing it right, like if they want that tissue to not have any tautness, 
which a lot of people don't get a ton of tautness at five anyway. Um, they might slow it down towards the end just so it's like cruise control. It's like when you're landing a plane, it's like, okay, we went at one millimeter per day for all up here. Now we're landing. We're going to go 0.75. Now we're going to end it. You know, and when you do that, you just, you kind of just start walking a lot faster. So I have a feeling it would be closer to that. Yeah. Four and a half or five months, but like, yeah, no, four months, very possible. Like I said, it could be sooner, you know, but I think the average would be that. So Zanair, I guess you just have to get lemon and done and prove us all right. <laughs> all right. Let's see here. Okay. One more question just popped in Josie. You got to answer this one. Okay. So, Hey man, Hey man, hope you are well. Do you have any, do you have any hope for non-surgical approaches are there any developments in progress in, in that domain? And there seems to be all sorts of antidotes, I'm guessing, in that <laughs> on the internet. No, that's a fantastic question. Um, in fact, just yesterday, I emailed um, Tyler, who came on for our annual alternative limb lengthening episode, which um, I was actually trying to do today, but he couldn't make it because I was super short notice. It was like literally 12 hours. <laughs> He's like, no. Um, so we're going to have him on in about a month. Um, but we also have somebody who emailed me through um, my DMs on Instagram, and he said um, he does, like, some sort of spinal decompression thing. He has, like, a massive Discord, and people believe him for that. So it's like I want to get him on as well. So I want to have those two talk about the different alternative techniques. It's a very conservative, non-invasive method versus a alternative limiting method. And then we have my group, which is kind of um, – we haven't really done anything, found any progress, but there's some serious researchers that had some very promising research. Um, unfortunately – Funding was an issue, interest was an issue, meaning like people being interested in continuing their research was an issue. But we found some really, really interesting things that could possibly have had not necessarily complete replacement for limb lengthening, but certain aspects of it that made that would make it like more of an alternative method. Um, so I think that's what you're kind of poking at with this question. Uh, but it would never, I don't, I think that you would still have to have some sort of so for bone, you need stability when you're lengthening, right? Because you don't want the two ends to kind of come apart. So some sort of fixation. But there's, you know, yeah, I don't want to say too much. But anyway, stay tuned for next month. I think it's going to be an amazing episode. All right, guys. So, yeah, and Kareem, we're not going to answer that question about surgery. Who's this? Somebody just joined. Did you hear that, Josie? Honey. <laughs> What's up, brother? We, we're literally just about to go off air, but I will, I will oh, interview you for a minute or two. So oh, What's up? Awesome, man. How are you guys? How are you, man? It's good to see you again. Shit, man. The honeymoon just ended, huh? <laughs> the honeymoon just, it just ended. Josie, honey is back. Hi. I'm That's sorry it. to hear about your honeymoon being over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, oh you, you mean your honeymoon? No. Yeah. Remember, That's... he asked the question because he was anticipating the pain to increase. And then oh, the doctor oh, said, oh, like, oh, oh. Okay. you know, I'm going to burst your bubble. You're going to have pain. Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, then Josie kind of that way. Okay. Yeah, um, what's new, honey? Anything new? Woof. Pain started. Pain started. Uh, it started. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Well, it's too good to be true. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. I'm lengthening the, the typical point, point 0.75, uh, 0.75 uh, a day, like three times a day. And... Uh, and Doctor B was 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 right. Like by day four, or I think the night that 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 we were last week exactly, is that like the body started to to feel it somehow. You know, like uh, weird pains, but but they start. Thankfully, they're not over. I wouldn't say over seven. I didn't take any hardcore medication yet. So honestly, uh, 
that's why I still feel it's it's bearable. You know what I mean? But it wakes you up at night three, four times. You're annoyed and stuff like that. I think I'm at a centimeter and a little bit if, if I am. Uh, I'm still looking for about four. So wow. this is where we are. That's awesome, man. I'm super... Uh... Well, I'm empathetic because I know what you're feeling because it's it happened to all of us here. <laughs> but um, no, I think it's it's good that you're not taking any heavy narcotics. If you can, try to stray, stay away from that. Uh, was it the tibia? Femur. Femur. Okay, gotcha. Do you have yeah. any kind of com uh, compression sleeves? Uh, what do you mean? How's that? Like something to put on? Yeah. Is yours an internal now? Internal. The I think it's the precise, uh, right. not the full weight bearing one. It's it's. Uh, right. I can only do eighty five pounds. Gotcha. Yeah, that's uh, cool. precise. Yeah, I think um, if you can get some sort of compression wrap, sometimes that helps the swelling and the pain to kind of like, you know, dissipate a little bit, so you won't feel as severe pain. Um, that's some technique that I use. And look, you're only looking at about two weeks of pain anyway. Then it kind of drops off big time. Fantastic. I, I already heard about if if that's what you're talking about that there's some sort of a cast. That you had yes, that's it. I was just thinking about it, man. The past couple of nights. Yeah, I. I was sure that this this would have helped. You know, it would have helped. Silly small, uh, silly small twist, and gets you annoyed for like an hour. It, you know what I mean? Ab I, absolutely. I remember yeah. that. I remember that. I actually want to. I actually want to try to ask her. In fact, I think that's something that surgeons should do. I think they should all make molded casts. Like my surgeon made one. Um, you know. I'm going to start asking them to do that. I think, or if they can do it, like little, she did it. When did she do that? She did it probably on my second checkup or maybe it was the same day. I can't remember. Um, and she said, Hey, look, the the point of this cast is to keep your foot, you know, dorsiflex, but she didn't realize it had a secondary benefit that it actually helped compress the pain. I was like, wow, all the narcotics and I didn't yeah. really need the time and all. So I think that's a good idea. Fantastic. Yeah. So awesome. Very cool, honey. Hey man, you technically have a discrepancy. Um, so cause of an, in, uh, traumatic, uh, injury. So next week we're going to be doing a discrepancy round table around this time, 7 PM. Um, so you are welcome to join. Um, did you ever, I think you did send me an, uh, a message on discord, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I sent you my email. Okay. So I'm, yeah, your email, I'm going to email you, Josie, um, Kevin, yeah, like we have, we're going to have a discrepancy round table. If you want to join, it'd be great because it's going to be for the patients who awesome. have discrepancies. Kind of talk. Cool. Awesome. Appreciate it. Guys, thank you so much for joining today. Fate, HJ, Josie, Hani, uh, Jacob was here earlier. Um, all you amazing patients in the, um, the chat asking great questions. Um, look, anybody with the limb link discrepancy, come back next week, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Josie is going to be hosting Limb Lengthening Live episode 98, where we're going to talk all things limb lengthening and discrepancy so people have, um, you know, a difference, a height difference between their two legs. The type of, of pain that it can cause. I know there's a lot of you guys in the Facebook group, so if you want to kind of, you know, check in, just email me at victor at cyborgforlife.com, or you can use my contact form at cyborgforlife.com, or just send me a message on Facebook. I'll check in later this week. Um, it'll be a fantastic episode. It's a very important episode because we don't talk about it enough. The week after, we're going to be doing a stature lengthening roundtable. So for anybody who wants to kind of like either come on the show, share their experience, um, maybe you haven't shared your experience at this point, and you want to, you've seen all the regulars, and you were like, hey, look, I want to break on and have my, my time in the limelight. Well, that is your week for you. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see what happens after that. All right, guys, so I want to thank all of you guys. Have an amazing night. And until next time, this is Victor from Cyborg for Life. He's amazing patients. Signing out. See you guys next time. Peace.